Welcome to the second episode of Bible Stories for Snarky People. I'm Josh. And I'm Sarah. And today we're still reading the book of Jonah. Now Jonah is a short story from the Hebrew Bible. Although Jonah gets called a prophet, he's really different from the other prophets. Is that because he was running away from God? Yeah, most prophets don't do that, at least not the ones we're accustomed to. Not the ones whose books actually made it into the Bible. Jonah's definitely the exception. So we don't know whether there was a real guy named Jonah, maybe not, but his story is amazing. And there are a lot of questions to ask about it. So are you ready to start chapter two? Yep. Now, I'm going to warn you, chapter two is really short and the entire thing is a poem. A poem? Yeah. It's like when you get to the scene in the movie where one character takes to the stage, grabs a microphone, and starts singing. How's Jonah going to do that from inside a fish? I'm glad you asked. What? Is that an echo in here now? Yes, we're inside the belly of a big fish. It's like we're reporting live from inside Jonah's story. Huh. Actually, what is God's motivation here? Uh, if Jonah gets killed, then he's not going to be able to go to Nineveh. I bet Jonah's wondering the same thing. If God has a job for him to do, even if he's been trying really hard not to do it, will God give up on Jonah? <laughs> Are you ready to find out? Alright. The Book of Jonah, Chapter 2 Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. He nicknamed the fish? Uh, well, no. Actually, Sheol was the Hebrew name for the land of the dead. It was thought that when people died, they went to a sort of a shadowy underworld place. They didn't yet have any ideas about a place like heaven. They thought that the way you make your life count is to have lots of children to carry on your name forever and ever. I thought he was in the belly of a fish, not of an underworld. Well, remember that it's poetry. Jonah has just been eaten alive. Uh, he might as well be dead, right? I guess so. The phrasing is just weird. Agreed. Onward. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Billows means the same thing as waves. Yep, poetry. Okay. Also, there seems to be Jonah complaining about the same thing I said earlier. Why would God do this? You and Jonah have the same question that everybody has always asked throughout human history. Does God make bad things happen to us? How should I know? You're the priest. Oh, I was hoping you might be the first to answer it ever in the history of the world. Well, since we don't know the answer, maybe we'd better keep going, huh? Uh-huh. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. How shall I look again upon your holy temple? Temple? I thought God was all about not having temples. He was in a tent for like half the Bible, right? That's a great topic for another time and another story. Maybe we can tell that David and Solomon saga sometime, and we can hear from good people on both sides of the temple or no temple issue. But for now, let's assume that Jonah just wants his old life back. Right. The waters closed in over me. 
the deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. This could be taken literally or figuratively. Good call. He feels like he's drowning, and he's literally underwater, but somehow he's safe enough in the belly of this fish to sing a song about it. He's singing the blues from within the ocean blue. That's Jonah, laying all the blue notes on us. He may be a terrible prophet, but he's sure got soul. (laughs) Carry on. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. I feel like all mythologies have pits for underworlds. The Greeks of Tartarus, the Norse of Hell, now the Hebrews have Sheol. Yes, in ancient times when we didn't know what was in the sky, we figured the gods must dwell there. So consequently, there might also be unseen forces beneath the earth. But Jonah's in the ocean. Well, poetry. Enough said. But Jonah makes it sound like God has already brought him up from the pit. I think this poem doesn't just happen for Jonah in the fish. I think it's a poem a lot of people have sung ever since it was written. And somewhere in the poem, the singer finds hope. Well, you could have told me it wasn't a Jonah original from the beginning. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Sometimes we have to discover the stories as we go. So... As my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. So he's saying that he's the best at following God, despite literally running away from him. I don't know if Jonah has a high opinion of himself. I think he's showing commitment to God and trusts that God will save him. It's kind of nice for a change. Yeah, but he says people who worship idols aren't being loyal, but he is. He's comparing himself with people who worship false gods. That was a big concern for the prophets. Think beyond the fish. Jonah is supposed to tell the people of Nineveh to shape up. Well, maybe he's resolving to shape up first. I hope so. Otherwise, he might really find himself in Sheol. Let's find out. Oh, that's the end of the poem. Then we get back to the action. Oh, okay. Okay, you ready? Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it spewed Jonah out upon the dry land. Ew! I guess you were right about him shaping up, since God is letting him go. Just in time, too. He probably would have died soon. It seems Jonah will live to run away another day. Or will he? Has he learned his lesson? Do we find out now, or is this the end of the chapter? Like I said, the whole chapter's a poem, except the vomiting part. Now we have to wait until next time to see if Adonai has helped Jonah get himself back on track. Adonai is the other name for God we mentioned last time, right? Yes, Adonai means the Lord, and we say it in place of God's actual name, Yahweh. Now, nobody ever thought you'd get struck by lightning for saying God's actual name. The the idea behind this is far less silly. If God created everything, then we can't really understand God. And in ancient thought, if you could name something, 
that gave you some understanding and control over it. Yeah, that's fairly common in several ancient mythologies. But here's a bit of a more recent example, Lord Voldemort. Right, Lord Voldemort. It's often said in the Harry Potter series that people need to stop fearing the name of the evil one because that just makes you more afraid of him. With Adonai, it's the opposite. Since God is good, not evil, maybe to speak God's name is disrespectful. It might mean that we think we can be more important than God or even control God. Like when Jonah runs away from God. Sure, we knew from the beginning that wouldn't work, but I've run from God many times. Like when I know the right thing to do, but I do something else instead. You might as well say, hey God, you just need to change the situation so I don't have to do hard things. Exactly, it doesn't work. And Jonah found that out the hard way. Well, that's the end of the second episode of Jonah. And we hope that you will be uh, excited to join us for part three. Yes. We'll see you next time. <laughs>